from Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment that promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Well, thanks be to God that He is God over all of the family. First over the husband and wife, as we've been studying over these past several weeks, and then now over the family, the father and mother and children. And as He tells us in other places, to children's children for generations far out. And thanks be to God, He is not just out there somewhere. And I want to continually remind us of that. He's not just out there somewhere watching over us from a distance. But His Spirit is ever so intimately involved with each of us in the family. And all that we do from birth until we breathe our last. God is always God. And He is never not intimately involved. Here in these scriptures today, God has just finished giving us some of the most intimate of instructions to the husbands and wives. And then from there, He begins to speak to the husband and wife about the family and about their children. And his words are both an encouragement, but also a caution to each about the relationship that they will have with each other within the family. Children with their parents. Parents with their children. And listen, these words are so very important because if followed rightly, Blessings will flow throughout the family, both for them personally and then on into future generations. Let me remind us as parents that everything that takes place in the training up of our children will go on to their children and the children's children. We're making an investment in future generations with everything that we do rightly before the Lord with our children. Now here in these words, we're presented with family. A father and a mother with children. And yes, though the word pater, P-A-T-E-R, in verse 4, is most appropriately translated as fathers, it also has the implication of being both fathers and mothers. And it's sometimes translated as parents. But listen, fathers. Because the father has the primary responsibility for leading and for providing for and nurturing the family, our words today will be more directed towards fathers. And I hope to continue with that some next week. Now here, we need to quickly take note that while, yes, during the formative years of a child's life, he or she is up underneath the authority and direction of their father. But note in these words here that God is speaking directly 
to the children. Directly to the children. Which means that each child is also personally and individually responsible to God for their own behavior. And may I say that's so for all people throughout the earth. Each person stands alone and is personally accountable for all that they will ever do while they abide in this life. Beginning at those earliest stages. We're told in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So then, these words spoken by God directly to the children hold all the weight and all of the consequences that would be directed towards a fully grown adult. And we must not misunderstand. Yes, God is always good and He is always merciful and kind and He will give full consideration as to whether or not a child is mentally or spiritually mature enough to be held personally accountable. And I'd like to address that in a little more depth because we wonder about such things. We talk about and use an expression, an age of accountability. But may we understand that there really is no set age of accountability that's given to us in these scriptures. It's just not there. Those decisions will be made by God for each child individually according to their maturity level. For some children, it may be at age 12 or 15 or even older. But for others, it may be as early as 5 or 6 years old. And for some, as with those who are mentally disabled, it might never be. It might never be. You and I can't know those things, but God can. And we can be comforted, though, in knowing, as I was saying a moment ago, that God is always good. Psalm 119.68, again, that we read earlier, describes God with the words, You are good, and you do good. And folks, listen, God will exercise His goodness with each child. And we can trust Him to do so. Now, fortunately, the vast majority of children that we encounter each day, our own and and others, are of reasonably sound minds and are able to comprehend and to obey God's commands. And it's to those children that these words are addressed. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So then, children must know this, that they are personally and directly accountable to God for every thought, every word, and every deed. And here also God is instructing children that they dare not bypass their responsibilities towards their parents. Children must obey their parents. Working with children for so many years, as my wife and I did at French Camp Academy, we heard all sorts of responses from the children. But regardless of their responses, we always had the understanding before us that we, their substitute parents, 
were accountable to always be teaching them these commands and these expectations of God. So then, for us here today, let's take a closer look at God's words to our families. Here in verse 1, he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. What exactly do the words in the Lord mean? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. He didn't just say, children, obey your parents, for this is right. He said, children, obey your parents in the Lord. So what does that mean? Bible scholars have offered many thoughts about those words. And there can be a a number of meanings depending on the context. For myself, I have come to accept their meaning to most often be as unto the Lord. Or what I would do if I was standing in His presence and He gave me a command, what would be my response? Folks, God is always holy. We must keep that at the forefront. God is always holy. And He's trustworthy to be obeyed. And because He's holy, we know that He would never require His children to do anything wrong or sinful. And for that reason, if something that is obviously sinful is being required by a parent of their child, then that child really has no obligation unto the Lord, because of those words, unto the Lord, to obey their parents. But with that being said, with that being said, for the most part, aberrant behavior like that by parents are the exception. And they're not the usual. And so because of that, may we consider that these words that are before us today are not dealing with those few exceptions, but rather with the most usual and obvious forms of obedience and disobedience that takes place in the many ordinary daily involvements and relationships between children and their parents. That of just getting about the common matters of daily life. And in those, children, your instruction is plain and simple. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And may I add what I believe to be an appropriate instruction to go along with those words, and that is, to obey immediately so, without question. I recall an expression that our daughter would quote to the teenage girls in her dormitory as she served as a house parent at French Camp Academy. She would say to them, delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And I do believe that that correctly fits God's definition that he's giving here of obedience and disobedience. And then note here the words also that they are a promise of a consequence. A promise of a consequence that's tied to the children's response. It says in verse 3, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Listen, God makes promises to us 
often through his commands. And in this one, he's referring back to the fifth commandment. Let me read those words from Deuteronomy 5. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be long, that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. This is one of those commands that the Lord wants to carry on forward. And so he repeats it again here in the New Testament, in Ephesians 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Now again, also note the two consequences. There's a good consequence. And that's spoken clearly, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. But there, just as clearly, is a bad consequence that's being plainly implied within this command. And that is that a child cannot expect or even hope for daily life to go well for them if they live in disobedience to their parents. And sadly, these words are also clear that a disobedient child may not live long on the earth. I'm reminded of a time that I once counted over 50 former students of French Camp Academy, some that I knew very well, who died at a very young age after they left French Camp. Were those dear ones all bad and deserving of dying young? No. No, that's not the point. Many of them died of diseases and car accidents and such. But again, also, besides that, such is not for me to decide. Jesus alone becomes the righteous judge. But sadly, may I say that I have personal knowledge that some of those young people, perhaps many of them that died, did live very disobedient lifestyles after they left French camp. And besides those that I knew of that were there at French camp, all we have to do is open the newspaper each day and we read of young people dying, mostly attributed to disobedient behavior because that's what gets printed in the newspaper. That was the case in our local newspaper just this past week. There were two photos of young men, one of a young man who died, the other of his killer. Disobedience. So then, what are we to do? What are we to do? I believe that the answer to that question is why God placed verse 4 right here up close to this instruction to the children. Verse 4, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training, the nurture, and admonition of the Lord. Now we each know that our children can often be difficult and stressful to our patients. And here God is saying simply, Fathers, do not let your child's behavior determine your response. It does not matter how they act, what they say or what they do. We as fathers are ever and always their parents. 
and we have to remain their parents. Not on an equal level with them where we'll get in an argument with them. We always have to remain their parents. And we must do as parents do. We must bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Most importantly, may I strongly caution us that we cannot, we must not wait until our child is already half grown and has already developed bad behavior and bad habits before we begin to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Such failures on the part of us parents will surely lead to the failure of our children. Parenting is a full-time job. It's a full-time job by both parents. With that in mind, may I pause here and give a plug for stay-at-home moms. Daycare has become so necessary in today's society. And those folks are wonderful people. But it's become so necessary in today's society and especially in our economy. The house payments just so expensive and other family expenses are so high. But folks, some of those expenses are truly optional. At least at some point in the decision-making process, some of those decisions are truly optional. And the result is both the father and the mother have to work. As parents, we need to somehow go back and get control over those optional and often ego-driven decisions that we make. Our truck, us men, our truck does not need to be that big or that expensive. And our house really does not need to be as pretentious as it might be. And it does not necessarily need to be in that particular special neighborhood where all the houses are more expensive. We love our lifestyles, though. But listen, our children, their lives, their futures are so much, much more important than points of ego with us. And so I do cry out to families that if there's any possible way to get themselves out of bondage to that more expensive lifestyle and return to an expense level that mom can be a stay-at-home mom, that they must do it. The children are worth the sacrifice. Now, before I close, may I address one of the most important of God's commands. And it's one of my favorites from Deuteronomy 6. According to these words, we, especially as fathers, must begin to follow this command at the very earliest ages of our children. And we are to be diligent and consistent. And if we are, then hopefully our children's later teenage years will not be quite as turbulent as we so often see. These words from Deuteronomy 6, beginning in verse 6, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hands 
and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and upon the gateposts. Now may I say with confidence that if this is the Father that a child sees and hears each day, beginning from their earliest years of life, then in their later years, when the child is in his or her adolescence and teens, their behavior will surely be very different from the behavior that we see in our culture today. So then, may I put us fathers on the spot. Just as it is our responsibility to make sure the love relationship that we have with our wives is right and godly, so also it is our responsibility to train up our children in the right way, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We fathers have a huge load to carry, but we must carry it faithfully. We really have no choice in that. The futures of our wives and of our children hang in the balance. But with that being said, we do have help. We fathers do have help, really good help. God does not leave us to do our fathering all by our own wits. He first gives us His Holy Spirit to guide and to direct our thoughts and our behaviors. Then also, right there beside us, right there beside us, He gives us our perfectly fitted helpmeet, our blessed wife. And folks, I have found that I can do some of my best fathering through the wisdom and the blessing of my dear wife. She is so good at it. And no, that does not mean that I can dump some of my responsibility onto her. As the father, I always have, I always will have the responsibility on my own shoulders. But she's always there to help me carry the load. And she does that so very, very well. And fathers, may I encourage us to do this fathering well and fully in accordance with God's instructions. Just as He commanded us to do. If we do that, then the things that we instruct our children will have much more authority and weight than they would have if we just insist on our children obeying us just because I'm the father and I said so. Foolish words that I've spoken myself. It is so much better to be the father based upon the authority of God instead of my own weak and foolish authority. And you and I have to teach our children about Christ, about His goodness and His righteousness and about His perfect plan for their life that's promised here, the green pastures, the still waters, the pleasant days, verse 3, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. It's a pleasant promise to children. Parents, do we not want these good and precious things for our children? I know we do. We do. But it all must begin very early in our teaching of them. We ourselves must love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And as our children grow up seeing 
us truly loving the Lord, then they too will be drawn to love Him. They'll be drawn to trust Him. And when they love the Lord themselves and their obedience to Him and to us will be easy and light. And as the Scripture says, not burdensome to them. But it begins with us, the parents, fathers and mothers. These words as I close. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. May we pray.